podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Will Pugh of West Ham World. And Will, the squad overhaul has well and truly started. Hallelujah, Johnny. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. I mean, we all said it. That we all said it. Basically, the whole season, the phrase was "dead wood," I believe. And I mean, we've got rid of some dead wood tonight as well because James isn't here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a clear out all round for West Ham World and for West Ham United. So Do you think good. you're a slicker, more efficient operation now? I mean, yeah. If, if if there was, if you had to compare the two of us, I think James would definitely be the Ed Milson Fernandez to my Felipe Anderson. I was going to say which which out of Lucas Perez and Fernandez would you say he is? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's hard to say, isn't it? But <laughs> he's certainly one of those where you know none of the fans are sad to see the back of him. That's for sure. I mean, I am, to be fair. I am. I miss him. He's my comfort blanket. If he's listening, you are in serious trouble. You could, of course, have a new comfort blanket ahead of next season, and Pellegrini could have a new start man in midfield. Andre Gomez. Is this a likely signing? Well, not anymore, I don't think. I think he's he's made it quite clear that actually he quite liked playing in the blue shirt at Goodison Park, and yeah, he's, he he come out and he, he's, it was a story in the Mirror this afternoon actually, and he's he seems to have, you know the reports say that you know obviously he hasn't got a future at Barcelona, and I think that's been clear for some time to be honest because you know we could anyone could be good at Everton and and not quite make the grade at Barcelona. It looks like Philippe Coutinho is on his way out, and he's obviously a far superior football player than Andre Gomez, and yeah, so his, his future's obviously in the bin at Barcelona if you like but he's he's made it quite clear that he'd quite like to uh, stay at Goodison Park because it turns out he had quite a good time there last season. Mm, obviously disappointing from a West Ham perspective but is this potentially encouraging from a football perspective because one player who's done well on loan hasn't then been poached by another club yet? You know what I, I looked at it a bit differently earlier on I thought it was quite nice to Obviously, we would have loved him at the club. Obviously, we would, because I do think he would have genuinely, he would have added something. He would have added that new dynamic and he would have perhaps been that new all-round midfielder to, you know, replace Mark Noble, which is obviously like heathenistic language (laughs) (laughs) to some West Ham fans. But I think when I saw the story, it just said he's human because he... He might not have a future at Barcelona, and when you when you're a footballer, the Barcelonas, the Real Madrids, the Liverpools, the Manchester Cities, they're that different level of football, aren't they? But it seems that you know perhaps he's realised that he hasn't got a future there. He's he's had his crack at it. To be fair, he's played on the same pitch in the same shirt as Leo Messi and Luis Suarez and a few of the bigger players. He's had his time at Everton. Realised he hasn't got a future at that top level of the game, and perhaps you know what? I'm still going to get. 70 grand a week or whatever yeah he'll live won't he um, he will That'll survive keep him in baked beans for a while <laughs> yeah he will certainly survive and he's he's gone you know what I enjoy playing under Marco Silva I enjoy living in Cheshire which is you know not not a bad part of the world is it up there 
I, I enjoy living up there. I enjoy playing at Goodison in front of those fans. I'm good. I'm. He's not a massive fish in a little pond, but he's he was one of their better players for the season. The fans love him, and I almost thought, you know what, fair play because the situation at West Ham isn't hugely different. So what, like, what would it other than ten grand a week or so? Why would it be worth it for him? Mm. It's well documented that perhaps the biggest reason why it didn't work for Gomez at Barca was psychological in the sense that he had a poor start to life after moving from Valencia. The fans got on his back and he really struggled to deal with it, quite understandably, from a mental health point of view. Do you think fans need to be careful about the extent to which they abuse all players and particularly their own team? Difficult, difficult, because I think I heard a quite a succinct phrase this week. Uh, someone talking about Real Madrid and the Gareth, it was the Gareth Bale situation. But it was interesting in that Real Madrid, they were referred to as an elite club, which they are, and that they have elite players, which they do. But with that, if you're a fan of Real Madrid, you have, therefore, you have elite expectations. And I think... Big club mentality, mate. Well, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I've written this in capital letters on the run <laughs> order for later on because, you know, I'm a big fan of that. But, I, you know, uh, if you play for a club like that and if you want to give yourself a go at Barcelona or Real Madrid, that, that you've kind of got to expect that, haven't you? Really? You've got to expect that. Uh, I know you talk about it from a mental health point of view, and that's obviously important. But I am of the opinion that whilst everyone in the world, not just in sport, but in the world, should have the necessary support and structural frameworks around them, which I think are more prevalent in the modern-day footballer, because Mm. all clubs have got so many support systems around their prize assets these days. But at the end of the day... If you want to go out and pull a Barcelona shirt on at the new Camp, whether you're Andres Iniesta, Xavi, or whether you're Julian Forbear pulling a Real Madrid <laughs> shirt on at the Bernabeu. Or falling asleep on the bench. Exactly. Whoever you are, when you pull that shirt and you go and play at those stadiums, you have to have a level of expectation. And managing your own performance physically and mentally is, is all part of playing for clubs like that. Mm, of course, even without the arrival of Andre Gomez, West Ham fans are going to have a level of expectation of their own about the club's transfer activity. Who do you think could come in instead? Difficult, difficult. I'm not... I think at the moment, and I've, I've heard a lot of... Obviously, we'll, we'll cover it later on where we've got Fernandes has left this week and Perez has gone as well, Lucas Perez. And conversations I've had with a lot of West Ham fans and and journalists and people around the club this week is it's very much there's a few there's been some negativity almost already which is you know natural among West Ham fans sometimes unfortunately but there's there's very much been a view of oh well you know we're getting rid of all these players da 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 and I can't wait till we sign absolutely no one or I can't wait till we sign Welbeck on a free and all this negativity but from my point of view I think what a brilliant start because You've had some you've had some transfer stories coming out of West Ham this early in the window, which we rarely, rarely have. Mm. And I think it just shows a sign of that Deadwood thing we've been talking about all year. They're clearing out some players we we don't want, we don't need. Fernandez, average at best. Perez, average at best. We're clearing the wage bill. Carroll's gone, Nazri's gone, clearing the wage bill, freeing the wage bill up, and we've got another two months or whatever to bring in some quality players and now we've got room on the wage bill to do it. I think it's a great start. 
Well, our Arsenal supporting producer has just put the question to me, which popped into my head immediately as well. What on earth is wrong with Danny Welbeck? Just the same thing that's wrong with Lucas Perez. We don't want any more average Arsenal players coming to West Ham. Arsenal we, we don't beat... either, for the record. <laughs> it's absolutely. We beat Arsenal this season. We're clearly like making moves to be a bigger and better club than Arsenal in London, as he's, I'm sure you'll agree, Johnny. He, he's giving it the old, he's giving it large over your shoulder. The, the hand-mouth is working very, very hard. Absolutely. I'm, but I I listened, to, I listened to the show last week. Obviously, unfortunately, I was absent. Working the Europa League final, which Arsenal were unlucky. Can we say unlucky? No, not unlucky. Not unlucky at all. And Awful. even first half, very, very poor second half. Talking of balanced games, talking as well of Andre Gomez, his native Portugal are currently in action. The first of two UEFA Nations League semi-finals is taking place between Portugal and Switzerland. Still nil-nil. The opening to the game was all Switzerland. Portugal now getting into it how do you see this one going I just think after the Euros and because I'm very much a Ronaldo greatest of all time over, are you I, over, I'm, a, I'm a very much Ronaldo over Messi kind of guy and I think the way and that obviously they're both great footballers but I think the way that Ronaldo single-handedly dragged his nation to European glory just set him aside to he didn't do it single-handedly he got injured quite early in the final but no as yeah, in the tournament oh, I mean, yeah in the tournament and oh well, he's just oh, scored talking the devil I mean, <laughs> we is... could have scripted it Johnny, I, you know what we? i was looking at this as will pew said that ronaldo is the greatest of all time because i confess i was about to say you're talking nonsense Lionel messi is by far the better footballer which i'm willing to go on record and say i believe i didn't say that 30 seconds ago for the simple reason that i could see cristiano ronaldo <laughs> lurking over a dead ball about 23 yards out he strikes it with his trademark knuckleball it swerves to the right of the wall into the bottom right-hand corner of Sommer's goal. Sommer doesn't even move because the ball shifts left at first, so the keeper's weight goes, it curls the other way, bends in the air without even rotating, and it's Portugal 1, Switzerland 0. He is quite handy. That, I mean, that was perfect. That that might just be the, the most perfect bit of broadcasting I've ever done in my I life. I don't like you, and I don't like him. <laughs> Are they now favourites for this game? <laughs> I mean, I think they might be now. I mean, if if only Bernardo Silva there as well, Pepe, some outstanding footballers, but they're just not uh, Bernardo Silva aside. They're just not the quality of footballers that Messi has around him. He's got Dybala, he's got Di Maria, he's got Higuain when he was actually good. Like uh, the, the Mascherano, they've got some footballers in that team. Lionel Messi has, I think, who are who are far better than the the players. That, I remember. Remember, Cristiano Ronaldo won that with Jose Fonte. Mm. And all West Ham fans will clamour to tell you what sort of a footballer that Jose Fonte was. Mm. And the winner, of course, was scored by Ada, who's barely scored any goals in his career. We will keep you updated from Portugal versus Switzerland throughout this show. It's currently Portugal 1, Switzerland 0. And it's quite a feisty one. By the way, people flying in left, right and centre. There could be red cards. There'll certainly be goals. And is Ronaldo the greatest? Probably at free kicks. This is Love Sport.
You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Will Pugh of West Ham World. We've been talking a lot about potential exits from West Ham, but they have already done some transfer dealing. Two goalkeepers have joined the club, Roberto and David Martin. David, of course, son of West Ham legend, former captain Alvin Martin. How pleasing is it to see him turn up? Well, I think David, as well as his dad being a legend, he made himself a legend when he threw the ball in the net against Everton for Millwall in the Cup earlier this season. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, to to deny Millwall the glory that all of West Ham fans so coveted last season. Uh, I think it was a... A strange one. Obviously, we've got it in the we've got it in the running order to talk about Adrian later on, a, a topic which I'm very emotional about, and I think rightfully so. Joking aside, a lot of West Ham fans are because he's been an absolute hero for West Ham. I was I was surprised to see two goalkeepers come in because obviously we've got Nathan Trot coming through, and there were some real hopes for him. Do you think he's not rated? Difficult to say, really. Uh, I mean. Basically, if you've signed two goalkeepers to replace one outgoer, the you know the maths, if you like, would suggest that that perhaps not, or perhaps it's too early. Perhaps they want to give him a give him a year or so. But obviously, we signed Roberto. We've got a good track record with Spanish goalkeepers. You look at Adrian. Obviously, you look at the Gaia as well. And elsewhere in the league, there's there's a good track record that West Ham have got and that other teams in the league have got with Spaniards. So that one makes sense. The David Martin one. I'm not really sure, you know, unfortunately the way of the world these days and the way of football, Johnny, dictates that a man who's playing number one for a low-level championship side like Millwall, unfortunately he'll be able to probably double his salary by being number three at West Ham. And he's got those West Ham links as well. Yeah, he's a big West Ham fan. He wasn't actually necessarily considered first choice by the end of the year, certainly by some Millwall fans. Played a lot of football, is a good keeper, but Jordan Archer was seen by some as to be kind of eclipsing him. So if you, if you talk to Millwall fans, they're looking at getting a young lad called Ramsdale on loan from Bournemouth. They're not really losing any sleep over the exit of Martin, although they are quite keen on him as a man, uh, certainly. Not the only piece of transfer business the club are being linked with. Left back is a potential weak area, and Ali Kaldirim is apparently being targeted. Fenerbahce captain... 30 turkey caps. What are we thinking? Well, you say left-back's a weak area, and as you well know, I'm a huge fan of King Arthur Masuaku. Who is famously a left-wing forward. <laughs> no, I'm but confusing one. I Do you think not that, need a left-back? I think we need to get rid of one if we're going to bring one in. That's think, that's yeah. how that's my honest opinion on it. I think Masuaku, joking aside, and I am a, I am a big fan through... Through no technical analysis or otherwise. Well, just... no, he's, he's a left-back who likes to do rainbow flicks, right? Exactly. How can yeah. you not love it? And he is one of those, and uh, I deny any West Ham fan who hates him now to tell me that they didn't join him with the Arthur Masuaku, he's better than Lukaku chant. <laughs> it was sung en masse by hordes of us, home and away, for months and months and months. And I agree that, you know, he... He had his peaks, and he's recently he has had his troughs too. But I think that's you know, and I'm still thinking of the the times when he was class, and then spitting at uh, spitting at the guy at Wigan away in the FA Cup where we lost. That was a big low point for him as well. But I just think you can't have Cresswell's not on pittance. You know, Masuaku's earning a fair salary. I think it's around fifty grand a week. 
Yeah, Cresswell's on more than that, but again, rightfully so, just floating around the England team. He had the season of his life, as did the majority of our other squad in the last season at Upton Park. I think we've got to get rid of one if we're going to bring one in, and I'm not really sure Pellegrini's made noises you know, towards the end of the season that he's he's not going to do that and that he's happy with the two that he's got. And, you know, the more, the more time goes on, I, I think I'd be all right with that as well. Yeah, I mean, the argument for Calderium is probably the £4.4 million release clause. It's really not a lot of money. If the wages aren't massive, is he worth a punt just for depth, just for experience? Did you say he was 32? Uh, 30 turkey caps. I'm oh, not sorry, sure yeah. he's but, in his 30s. But, uh, again, I know I know you're saying about experience, but I think that's all right, as when, you know, you look at Zabaleta at right back, fair enough. Like, that was, that was a good signing then because you had a young right back there. But we've got two left backs that are, you know, in the in the mid range of their career, and you will you'll almost split West Ham fans down the middle at the moment, and say right, pick one. Who do we if we start the season now? Who do we pick, Masuaka or Cresswell? They'll pick one or the other. It'll be basically fifty fifty. But and because of that, if you're going to bring someone else in, you don't have three. There are some positions on the pitch: centre half, centre midfield, maybe up front, where you can have three strikers. But you don't have three wing backs, do you? Either side. I, just... I would play three. I'm I'm a tactical genius, really. So I think a new <laughs> system where you play three left wing backs, half a centre half, two strikers, and four holding midfielders is probably the solution. <laughs> I mean, you're try a wise, it. Try you're, it. You're a wiser man than me. It's why Bielsa's my middle name. <laughs> I mean, any formation that gets Arthur Masuaku further up the pitch is <laughs> so okay with me. It can only be a blessing. We've talked there about West Ham potentially trying to poach Fenerbahce's captain, but the Turkish club could return the favour. Could they be in for Manuel Lanzini? Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. Lovely to be joined by Andy Murray on the West Ham Fan Show tonight, as well as Will Pugh of West Ham World. And remember, you can get in touch as well. You can call us and indeed WhatsApp on 0208 70 20 558. One man who's done just that is James Jones of West Ham World, possibly to talk about West Ham, but more probably to respond to the shameless slander issued by Will Pugh at the beginning of this show. I've heard about this. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Charlie I... was just telling me what's happened. Now, well, there was some talk in the studio about West Ham getting rid of some dead wood, and I just right. wrongly assumed that they meant on the West Ham World pod and the West Ham show on Love Sport Radio. That's what I thought they meant, and I thought they meant getting rid of you out the studio. You're one of the dead wood signings that we, or not signings, but some of the dead wood we needed to get rid of, and apparently that's right. not what they meant after all. So sorry, mate. Well, no, I just thought well, you're still there, so that can't be true, though. <laughs> exactly. I'm the, I'm the Mikel Antonio of West Ham World. <laughs> One man. Well, I'm, I'm the Lucas Perez. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. One man who certainly isn't Deadwood at West Ham is Manuel Lanzini, a fantastic player. Fenerbahce are apparently interested in his services. James, could you see him going? Not to Fenerbahce. Um, I mean, if, if I see him leaving West Ham, he's going to... Uh, I know I think he's got the to, to play for the likes of Liverpool or, you know, um, you know, one of those sort of clubs. I don't respect the about as I said, but I don't know why he'd he'd leave us down to go to Turkey. Um, 
and I think he's got, probably got a couple more years left at West Ham. Don't forget, he's had a year out injured as well. Um, well, just under a year out. So he's not ready to then sort of make a big move to play for Champions League team. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I thought, I did think it was strange when it when it came up in the first place. Like you say, he's he's very much a, a Liverpool sort of signing. The only thing that did make me think it was a bit interesting was obviously it was at Al Ali, I think it was before in the yeah. UAE or wherever it was. So he's not, you know, he's he's not um, he's not shy of a of an odd signing, is he? But I can't imagine that you know, even if you take football glory aside, I can't imagine Fenerbahce being able to offer him more money than we do because I think he's on about 70 grand a week at the moment and there's talks now whether it was all you know talks that his agents put like thrown out there if you like to to bump his own contract up but there's talks now about him being signed as to make him one of the club's biggest earners and in my opinion rightfully so yeah no I I completely agree well I mean a lot of people I've seen a lot of people suggest that you know giving him such a big deal on the back of um, such a serious injury is a bit of a risk because you know there's always that risk that you know he, he could have a bit of a relapse. Um, but I think if there's a player at the football club right now that you know, that we need to tie down to you know, you know a bigger deal, whether it's five years or another three years or whatever, and a little bit more money, it's him because he's probably. I mean, Arnie aside, maybe Philippe Anderson. Apart from those two, he's the one that we really can't really afford to lose, uh, particularly as he's just come back from injury. And we're, you know, we, we think we're going into this new, this new era. You know, Pellegrini's had a good first season. We need to build on that, and he's going to be the part of the, you know, the creative process behind that. And so just just to sell him to to uh, a team in Turkey would be a little bit strange. Uh, I, I agree that they need to time down, but um, you know, just I think they do have to be wary that they're not sort of throwing a load of money at him and then he gets injured again. But um, a new deal would be would be certainly justified. Definitely. I mean, he's 70 grand a week at the moment. No one, I don't think, in the fan base would moan if he got another, you know, 50 grand a week on top of that and went to 120, Absolutely. especially when we've had yeah. Hernandez on 140 for the for the whole season, not doing a great deal. What do you think, just quickly, James, about the Andre Gomez? We touched on it earlier on and, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like Barcelona are looking to sign Frankie de Jong, obviously, from Ajax and they want to use some of that Gomez money to offset that. He's yeah. basically come out. There was a report in the Mirror today saying that he, he basically that he he really liked it at Everton. That's the the you know it hasn't come out. There's no quotes from him, but it's been reported that <clears throat> he really liked his time at Everton, and and that's where he wanted to go. He's not interested in us or Spurs. Does that make sense? Are you a bit disappointed about that? I, I'm not surprised. Um, he spent a year at, um, at at Everton, so he's. If it was a toss-up between Everton or West Ham, you wouldn't be surprised that he chose Everton. Uh, the only thing that would perhaps stop that is the money on the table for him. Uh, we don't know what that is or whether you know whether that's even going to happen. But I'm not surprised that that's come out that he preferred to sign for Everton because you know they did finish higher than us on the table. Uh, they've probably got a little bit more money than us at the moment, um, and he's already spent a year there, so he knows what the club's all about. You know, he knows the coaching staff, he knows the teammates. So um, I'm not surprised. I'd like to see us try and try and sign him. Because uh, I think he'd, he'd work re- really well alongside Beckham Rice in midfield. Um, 
But, you know, I suppose, you know, if both clubs have money uh, of office accepted, then I suppose it'll go down to the contract offer, won't it? Because uh, that's football these days. Yeah, but James, um, what, how, would he, uh, how would he get in alongside your best mate, Mark Noble and Declan Rice? <laughs> well, no, no, I, I should say, you have to spend a season on the bench first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got to earn that honour, haven't you, James, yeah, surely? You've got, no, yeah, you've got, you've got to earn your place ahead of Mark Noble, obviously. <laughs> um, many, many midfielders uh, come and gone and had, had to learn that the hard way. Uh, Eddie Milson Fernandez being one of them. Pedro Obiang's another one as well. So, you know, <laughs> all jokes aside, I think Andre Gomez would be a good signing um, once Mark Noble retires. We'll loan him back to him. James, yeah. wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff as ever. Thank you for your call and good luck as well finding a new club after your contract with West Ham World was terminated. It's a hard time in any player's <laughs> I'm, career. I'm, I'm off to Millwall, chap. <laughs> <laughs> Great to speak to you, James Jones there later. of West Ham World and of course the West Ham Fan Show. I just want to pick up on the Lanzini question quickly, Will. How good is he? How good can he be? Oh, he's fantastic and I couldn't. I can't really sing his praises highly enough, and I always hark back to it. And the season that everyone talks about in recent history at West Ham, rightfully so, was the last season at Upton Park, and the you know, or what will be known as the Pyatt years, if you like, or the Pyatt era. And whilst Dimitri Pyatt was a fantastic footballer for our club, and he was, he was fantastic. And however, you know, in whatever terms he left, which obviously wasn't ideal. But at the end of the day, Dimitri Payet was playing on a pitch where every single week, I would say at least nine of his teammates were putting in eight or nine out of ten performances. And with that, that means that that everyone else on the pitch, as far as opposition goes, they're, they're not just worried about, oh, Dimitri Payet's really good. They've got Sacco on the pitch, and they've got even Cresswell was doing bits going forward. You had Mark Noble playing out of his skin, uh, and it was just Antonio, absolute year of his life. Winston Reid was fantastic. Ogbonna, class. Adrian, brilliant. You had, and Lanzini was one of them. He was so underrated. He was so young at the time. And where he was playing next to Payet, I felt he was overshadowed a lot. But he was fantastic that year. He was a joy to watch. And whilst Payet would get, you know, he'd get all the plaudits and he'd bang a few glorious free kicks in. He'd do a couple of little Rabonas down the wing. And he was, he was class. No one can deny that. But you had Lanzini absolutely tearing it up next to him. And after that, when we moved into that new ground, the Pyatt drama came and went. And we all know how that went down. But Lanzini was still there every week, being by far the best player in a West Ham shirt in a time where, you know, he was he was there during the, the Burnley scenes where it was like a big low point for our club. And he was still the best player on the pitch. And he's still fairly young. He's still got loads of his career ahead of him. And I, I I can't sing his praises highly enough. And I think James touched on it there about Hernandez and Arnautovic and them being our highest earners at the club. The fact that he's on 70 grand a week alongside players like Winston Reid, who we haven't seen for years. I don't know if he's still around anymore. And, uh, you know, it, if you said to some anyone at the club, oh, Lanzini's on 130 grand a week, which is 10 grand less than Hernandez, no one would turn around and go, oh, that's a disgrace, what a joke, why on earth is he getting paid that sort of money? It's about keeping him. Exactly, he's an absolute genius. Well, from one West Ham favourite to another, because coming up, Slaven Bilic is reportedly in talks with West Brom. From West Ham to West Brom, surely it's going to be Westlife calling next.
This is Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Will Pugh of West Ham World. And we've had a call into the show. Reese is getting in touch on 0208702558. Of course, you can do the same. Good evening, Reese. Thank you for your call. We're talking about a certain Mr. Billich being linked with a move to West Brom. Do you think he'd be a good managerial acquisition for them? Uh, yeah, I think so, to be honest. I think it's, uh, it'd be great to see him back. Um, the Championship, I, I think he'll think he suit, as much as obviously I loved him when he was with us in the Prem, I think he'll suit the Championship for his, you know, he's obviously a bit, a bit like that fella from Leeds, I would think. So it'd just be nice to see him back over here, to be honest. Reese, do you think he's got that? Do you think he's got enough about him to you touch on it there? See, nice seeing him in the championship, or do you think he's one of those managers who, who perhaps is a bit more, you know, you, you see him in the Premier League, which is a bit more of a nice environment to play football in. And I know it's an age-old cliche, but those those that Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday grind of the championship. Do you, do you think he's cut out that for that, or do you think he's a bit too nicey nicey? Um. I think it'll certainly be the making of him. Um, I think you're right what you're saying. The game's come thick and fast. If he goes on a bit of a losing run, how does he turn it round? You know, players. I, I, I do still think he might be able to pull a few players in. Um, West Brom are obviously still quite a big club, um, and you know I think that they'll 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 have some pulling power as well. So if he can get in there, I think. That it, I suppose it, it depends. It just depends, doesn't it? I think a lot of his, a lot of what happened at West Ham, especially coming towards the end, you know, it, it, I think everyone knew it was the right decision. A lot of people, myself included, were very gutted about it. But you know, it sort of had to happen. So, hope he's given a good chance. Get him up. Hopefully, we'll get him in the cup. Obviously, beat him. But hopefully, <laughs> yeah, we'll lose to them, won't we? Yeah, that'll probably be his only win. You know <laughs> Reese, I've got to ask you about Lucas Perez as well. He's left the club. He's off to Alaves in Spain. Are you going to miss him? Um, not really. I think, as you've touched on in the show, he's just another one of them sort of average players that we've, average. That we've had. Um, scored a couple of important goals, obviously, which we needed, but. I don't know. I've, I've, I remember reading the interview with Noble, and Noble saying he's, he's one of the best finishers he's ever seen in training. But you know, why is he not getting started? I don't know. He's, he's just another one, and we spend big wages on players that we seem to have for a year, and then that's it. You don't see him, and they're not sort of thought of being a West Ham player again. Do you know what I mean? So, Reese, I'm really good in training. <laughs> <laughs> might, not very, might not be very good at a weekend when it matters but in training yeah, I'm brilliant yeah, it, it, it's, I think it's just the, you know the players that I think you're right what you're saying they've obviously touched on who they want to get rid of wages now are, are a problem whether they're fringe players or not they're probably going to be on 50 grand plus so we've got an opportunity to bring other players in it's just the same old hope. We, although we're getting rid of the players that I think we should be, I hope we've got players lined up and not the way it's going with the Gomez, where we're going. Oh, yeah, we didn't get him. We didn't get him. Let's bring Carroll back. You know what I mean? As a, mm. Let's hope everything's sort of in set in stone that we can do it that way. What about Danny Welbeck? He's available on a free. Would you have him? 
no, not at all. Why he not smiles the whole time? He, him, Daniel Sturridge, players like that, you know. It, we don't it, need them anymore, uh, do we? No, no. I'd, I'd rather have a punt on someone in the championship or something or something like that. Um, someone young, someone with a bit of energy. Yeah. Um, I mean, even people, you know, I, I can imagine Hugo will be moved on. Hernandez, I'm assuming, will still be going. So, you know, he's, he's, you've got, we've got to trust Pellegrini and just... I'd, I'd like to see for once a West Ham transfer window where you don't bring players in and you go, oh, I really like that one. And then you bring someone in and you go, oh, blimey. <laughs> so... Yeah. Did you think? Uh, I, I don't know about you, Reese. I know it's early in the early in the window, but I'm just I'm already really excited about the fact that we've been talking about it all season, or maybe not all season, but certainly since Christmas about this this dead wood mentality that you know there's lots of players in that squad that we need to get rid of, and you know we we're going to cover him in a minute, the Adrian thing, and you know lots of people got a big emotional connection to him but fernandez has gone we're going to touch him in a minute and touch on those players there no one's going what the hell have we got rid of them for why have we why have we why have we let them go out the door and i just think it really feels like to me for the first time for a long time that there's a real change in mentality in the club in that actually for the first time in a long time the transfer window is going in line with what a lot of the fans think should happen yeah, yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I think the, you know, looking at looking at the squad we've got, there are certain positions again. I know you spoke about the left back situation. The same with the right back. I was quite surprised that Zabaleta was kept on, but Pellegrini's probably looking at them players and thinking, you know, if we can get another season out of them, let's look at positions where he he definitely knows that he needs. And let's try and get all of them sorted before. I mean, the left back situation for me is, you know, it, it's one of them. It does need sorting. But on the other hand, you know, the games we won at the back end of the season and the games where we have won, it's sort of just glossed over. It's always the games we lose, which is fair enough. But you know, I, I think he's looked at it and thought we need midfielders. Still think we need another centre half because I reckon Winston Reid will be moved on. The goalkeepers. If Adrian, you know, we got about fifteen of them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if he, you know, the goalkeepers, I think if, if with Adrian going, but they've brought a couple in, sort of competition for places, and you know, our luck, Fabianski will probably break his leg first game, and we'll be we'll have that David Martin in for the rest of the season. Do you know what I mean? Ever the optimist, Reese. Thanks yeah, ever so much you know I mean? for your call. Right. If you're listening, you'd like to get in touch as well. That number is o two o eight seventy twenty five five eight. You can ring or you can WhatsApp. We've been discussing a lot of players leaving the club. Well, it's not just Lucas Perez. It's not just Adrian. Also, of course, Edmilson Fernandez. He's not a massive loss, is he, on his way to Mainz? Just another one. Another one of those belt of players we had in that middle-range wage bill where just no one's really that worried. And to be fair to him, we gave him a chance, scored his goal against his solitary goal for the club against Chelsea in the League Cup, which is one we all remember. But again, he, you know, he's been alone at, at Fiorentina this season and 
again, no one's no one's clamouring for him to come back. I don't. I think Fiorentina went down. I no, they didn't. I I said this last week. I was incorrect. I, oh, have I think to say, that... I I have to admit they almost went down. They did stay up right at the death. Yeah. Uh, but still a, a struggling struggle Serie in the side. Serie. A, yeah. <laughs> and I'd, again, it's just like you know, if put it this way, if we'd have, if we'd assigned him, if we'd assigned a central midfielder from a struggling Fiorentina team. No one would have gone, oh, whoopee, mm. that's, that's great stuff. And if we're accepting that these players aren't good enough, are they going to be replaced like for like, or is this freeing up wage bill? Well, I have I must admit, and, and I'll give him some credit, given that I uh, went for him a little bit earlier in the show, that James changed my opinion on this earlier in the season, because I was very... Antonio was a particular one. I was very anti-Antonio, not anti him, but I was using him as the, as the poster boy for the deadwood that I kept on talking about. Scapegoat. Yeah, probably, probably in in a way, perhaps. But I just think he's on big money and doesn't offer a lot. That's what I was looking at. I was looking at his wages compared to his contribution to the team. And then he scored away at Tottenham, and then I was like, pay him two hundred grand <laughs> a week. Scored the winner <laughs> away at Tottenham, pay him three hundred. Exactly. And and James made a really good point a few shows ago, basically trying to keep me in check, rightfully so. Just saying, look, well, you know, we still need a squad. You can't just get rid of everyone who's not eight out of ten every week. And and he is right, but I, I still think again Fernandez. Just, we we haven't missed him. He's he's been away the whole season. We've still done all right. He's just he's on reasonable money. We got a few million quid in for him. It was an undisclosed fee on the on the club website. About the eight million <clears throat> mark. Exactly, and eight million is double what we paid for Perez. He's also gone left undisclosed, but four million. If you even four if you lose five. two million, it's just you, you cut your losses. You'll have got at least four. I'd have thought he wasn't actually that bad. Six in sixteen. No, I'd, you know what? I'd, both of them, they're okay, and I just think it really signals the big signals where the club's team, at. It is men, big team mentality, exactly. <laughs> because the club, we're not, we're it's good. We're not all right. We're just average anymore. We don't just want average. We don't just want all right. Or, we want to step it up. Exactly. We don't want mid-table form anymore. We want like top half minimum. That's the minimum. And we want players who can contribute to that. And those are the players we'll pay the big money to. Mm. And with that, it is all change. I know most of these exits you're happy with. But one, Will, that I know you are still sad about is Adrian. And coming up, it's time for a tribute to the Spanish stopper. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. We're going to talk about Adrian in just a moment. But first, we're turning our attentions to the UEFA Nations League. England are, of course, in Portugal for their semi-final with the Netherlands. Currently, of course, Portugal won Switzerland nil at half-time of their semi-final. A fantastic free kick from Cristiano Ronaldo, giving them the lead there. But it's off the pitch that we're concerned about. And we've just been sent a video which seems to show England fans in an England fan zone throwing bottles at Spanish police uh, and Spanish police responding by charging them in riot gear in what ends up looking like a highly armoured game of it. Concerning, (laughs) Concerning scenes genuinely from Porto. Why is it, Will, that however England fans talk things up, however we say we're going to behave, there does always seem to be a problem? No, I, I, I've got quite a strong opinion on this because you've just, obviously off air then, we've just looked at the video, I've looked at the footage, and it's probably a cluster of maybe... We've also got nowhere verifying that this is actually England fans. No, no, there's just a little clip we've just seen there, so it could be between 20 and 50 blokes. But I was lucky enough to be at the England-Russia game 
in the Euros in Marseille, where obviously it was almost like the, the you know. Is that the Eric Dyer free kick? Dan? That's it, the Eric Dyer free kick, late equaliser from Russia, which was a heartbreaker. And then, unfortunately, result aside, more more remembered for the, for the again, the charging of the fans and the, the violence and all that sort of stuff. And I spent all day in the fan zones beforehand, mingling with Russians, me and a big group of mates, we were drinking with some Russian fans and we were chatting, having a great old day. And there was all the videos and footage. And I think that that's unfortunately what happens. You get, there was, you know, tens of thousands of England fans out there for that game. And, you know, thousands of Russian fans, no doubt as well. And you had a little pocket by the, by the port, I believe it was, where all the trouble was happening on that game. And that's where all the TV cameras go, the news cameras go, and all the footage with phones. That's all the stuff that gets retweeted. No, no one's interested in videoing me you and my mates exactly a quiet pint. with a few Russians having a laugh and talking about, um, you know, uh, Zenit St. Petersburg or West Ham and that sort of stuff. That that doesn't get views, does it? It doesn't get retweeted. And I think that's the trouble. Like you've, we obviously looked at the clip there, verified or otherwise, of tens of fans throwing bottles and being a bit drunk and you know some would say rightfully so getting a little bit of retribution from the spanish Mm -hmm. police but for those 10 to 50 blokes that we just saw there there'll be five thousand mingling around in that city nearby just having a beer with their mates their dad their brother their mum their auntie behaving themselves just having a nice old time looking forward to the football Mm. and yeah i just think with stuff like that again you're going to get idiots everywhere and unfortunately rightly or wrongly that's the stuff that gets the coverage absolutely let's turn our attentions back to West Ham and Adrian who has been a fantastic servant for the club in net but he's off he is off and we've covered all the other outgoing players earlier on um who you know I I think we need a sad violin for this or some kind of tragic music Absolutely, we do. I mean, I'm going to read out a statement in a minute, and it is it read, you know, joking aside, it is heart wrenching because there's we touched on the players earlier on who we're just not bothered about seeing going from the club. But Adrian, I I don't just speak for myself. I speak for a lot of West Ham fans. I will. You'd be hard pressed to find anyone who has gone to watch West Ham regularly over the past few years who would have a bad word to say about him. He had a couple of mistakes in him towards the latter part of his career, granted, but. There was a man who who cared about the club, who relished his relationship with the fans. And he's, re- he's released a statement today after the news was made public by the club. I think we all saw it coming. And he's released a statement to, today to let's, the fans on his Instagram. Let's you hear might, it. I mean, bearing in mind, although I do hablo espanol, but... <laughs> Well, uh, my, let's my, have it in English. Exactly, well. <laughs> I, will, I will do it in English. But So Adrian's released this statement today. It says, Hi, everyone. I understand you've been informed of my departure from West Ham United as the club made public last week. It's remarkable, but today is the sixth anniversary of my arrival in London to proudly defend the Hammers shirt. A happy and fortunate time that has helped me grow as a person and also as a footballer. It's been 150 official games since I joined. Then, in that spring of 2013, a 26-year-old boy landed, ready to face a difficult challenge with all his heart. A new life, a new club, a new destination and far from the comfort that my Real Betis brought me. Today, six years later, I can tell you that I've always hoped to continue in West Ham, but the circumstances of football have led me to seek a new destination. 
That is my objective right now, but I must not forget a time that has been so successful for my family and for me. I want to thank all those who have helped me and trusted me from the beginning to achieve a better stay in the club and in the city. It's said that footballers pass and clubs stay and that's how it is. But when one has found oneself at home, one must recognise it and show gratitude. I've lived unforgettable moments with all of you in each afternoon and evening of football in the mythical, beloved and unique bowling ground, including that penalty shootout against Everton in the FA Cup on that January the 13th, 2015, and we'll all remember how it ended. I enjoyed every minute played at the current London Stadium, and all of them will stay in my memory with much, much affection. Finally, I want to wish you, West Ham United, all the best for the future. Maybe someday we can meet again. In the meantime, thank you for everything, Hammers. Come on, you irons. Adrian. Oh, it's, it's someone chopping onions in here. I mean... Oh, it's emotional stuff. That is... What, what a man. What our, a man. Our producer's welling up through the glass. And that, that will... That personifies that man. That That is that man. He loved West Ham. He loved the club. And he did love his time here. And we could tell. And for a club like West Ham, who may finish 13th one year, may finish 7th next year. That's the sort of stuff that makes a difference to us. Mm. He, he loved it there. He loved it at the club, and, and we loved him. And, uh, you know, farewell, Adrian, and I think I'm not the only one who would will, is genuinely sad to see him go. Why do you think he's off? Just got to that time in his career, I think. He realised that he didn't have a... He wasn't going to be number one anymore. Fabianski had an outstanding season, one player of the year, and... He's the future, and I think Adrian is the past, unfortunately. Is, do you think he's going somewhere else looking to be first choice? Uh, I think he wants to go back to he wants to go back to Spain, basically. I think he had, a, he had a great time in London, but he's a Spaniard, and I think he just wants to go home. You've heard comments from Sarri, I think, today, saying he misses his life in Italy. And although the Premier League, it, we're lucky enough to be born with the Premier League on our doorstep I was lucky enough to be born and West Ham happened to be half an hour down the road from that's me that's why I'll only ever play for Arsenal <laughs> that's, yeah, that's going to happen soon as well, <laughs> it? yeah no I just think you know West Ham's was I was lucky enough to have that on my doorstep but that doesn't happen for players or fans and it is that it's almost the holy grail of football isn't it for watching and certainly playing and I think he's got to that stage now and you know, perhaps he could go. He could get another contract at another Premier League team. Maybe he could go and sign for Norwich. Maybe that's keep... weird. Norwich was the name that popped into my head immediately. Well, it's just just down the A12, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just has to nip down the A12. For, I mean, albeit for two hours for training every day. But and I just think, and it kind of comes through in that statement. He's he's achieved what he wanted to. He was he was a fan's favourite. He was never going to play for for Barcelona or for Man United or for Chelsea or City. And you just you really get it from that statement that he's he's achieved what he wanted to achieve. He played for a a big club and he was a favourite. He was adored and he was mm. adored again. I mentioned the Masuaku song earlier on, <laughs> but he was continually serenaded with the Adrian Adrian song. It was quite basic, but did it just go? It did. Adrian, <laughs> Adrian, Adrian. Adrian. Some would argue that isn't a song. But it it came through, and you could tell, and he loved it. He loved being adored, as, as and you can tell with players. Some of them pretend on Altovic, and oh. some of them don't, and they genuinely love it, and that's why they play football. And Adrian was one of them, and he's he's loved by me, and he's loved by lots of people in the club, and I think everyone genuinely wishes him the best. What was his best moment in a West Ham shirt? 
See, everyone points at the Everton the Everton penalty, and that was class, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> ta- taking your gloves off on the way up with pure confidence like that. But, again, I, I think for me, it was there was a Burnley away game I went to once, and I think we won 2-0, pulled off a couple of good saves, and it's those, that's what I think it was for, for real West Ham fans who go week in, week out, who, that, that's more what it was for Adrian. He relished every single victory. He was He loved every single win, and he was really, he was really part of it. He was just as buzzing as we were when we won. So the, the Everton penalty is obviously the one people will point to naturally, and it was class. You know, seeing him slide on his knees and for him to get the glory at that end of the pitch was lovely. But I think it was the week in, week out stuff, and just telling him that you could tell that he loved the club as much as we all did. Mm. It's wonderful when those relationships are completely reciprocated. Let's end the show, Will, by touching on the UEFA Nations League semi-final. Still Portugal won Switzerland nil in their semi-final. Ronaldo went close to getting his and Portugal's second just a moment ago. Switzerland had a chance a moment ago and now actually have got an appeal for a penalty which seems to have been turned down. We'll see England in action in their semi-final tomorrow against Holland. Do you think we can expect to see any West Ham players in action? I think we all know who we're going to see in action, don't we, Johnny? And rightfully so. I think young Mr. Rice, I think he's going to... Uh... Penalty, surely. I do. Yeah, it's been given. I do apologise. Cristiano Ronaldo, this is something the I'm not going to say very time. often. Christian, pipe down, you. Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> has just had the ball taken off his foot by his own teammate. I actually thought the referee must have stopped play because Ronaldo was dancing through the Swiss defence only about five yards out in such a casual manner that it seemed like they weren't really bothering. Bernardo effectively tackled him, said he was going to have a shot. I think it's going to VAR now. Bernardo takes the ball, gets clattered. To me, it looks like a penalty. The referee pointed to the spot, but what's going to happen? Do you do you like the drama that VAR adds, Will? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just like decisions being right. Well, is, be he, is he going to get this one right? Do you think it would be the right decision? And you know what? When you just said then about drama and VAR, the Tottenham Man City game at Manchester City when... Raheem Sterling scored and then it was struck off. That was drama in itself. That more was... dramatic than it would have been without VAR. Totally Far agree. Far more dramatic and the right decision. I cannot see what people have to argue about. They're still deliberating. And this is the complaint that gets levelled against VAR, that it takes too long. This is already 54 seconds, I think they've had talking about this. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. He's giving the VAR symbol... Has he given the penalty? Yeah, he's looks going like... to have a look. The referee's, oh, the referee's have look, having yeah. a look. The drama will continue. And I'm afraid I'm leaving you on a cliffhanger. Join us next week on the West Ham Fan Show. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Podcast Network.